welcome to episode 177 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. It might seem like you were only here a few days ago, and that's because we had a bit of a bonus episode for International Podcast Day this week. But lucky you, you get to hear us all again. And I am coming to you with a co-host with a bit of a difference this time. This is the first time the Parkrun Adventurers podcast has had an international co-host. And of course, who is our person on the ground in the UK at the moment? It is Dave Moss. Dave, are you here? I am, Mel. And hopefully with the connections, it'll stay that way as well. <laughs> I'm in uh, sunny uh, Brighton in the bottom part of the UK at the moment, where the weather changes every two minutes, which has its ups and downs. A lot of downs in there, actually, but uh, no, it's actually a really good place. And I'm talking to you from the Brighton Library in Jubilee Road, which was some place that up until about 15 minutes ago, I didn't even know existed. So, <laughs> yes, people people won't know this, that it's become a little bit of an adventure just to get to the recording part of this episode. Can you walk us through the planning and the logistics it takes to record from the other side of the world when you're travelling and um, having just basically a general adventure? Well, folks, um, for doing this sort of thing, I thought it'd be best to have Wi-Fi rather than just rely on the uh, the internet. Uh, what do you call it? The the SIM card in the phone. So yesterday, I sort of sussed out a pub nearby that I thought would be really good. It seemed you know, ten o'clock in the morning, which is uh, the time here. I thought it'd be nice, quiet, simple. Um, so I went to the pub, checked it out. Wi-Fi, everything was good. Looked like a quiet spot. Good hydration. Prehydration is starting early in the week. Oh, no, actually, rehydration, yeah, it's uh, going from the weekend, if it comes there. Exactly. Because the, uh, the place that I'm staying it has, has uh, Wi-Fi, but there's too much background noise as well. So I thought, oh, yeah, this would do good. So everything, the plans, of course, didn't go exactly how uh, I'd hoped. Uh, just before I headed off to go to the, uh, the pub to record this, what? did have a bit of blue sky up above, turned out to be beautiful and grey, and then it just bucketed down. Um, managed to make it here, not overly drenched, or to the uh, the place that I'd planned, only to find that uh, it was closed for three days. So overnight, they decided to uh, renovate the place. <laughs> so there was a quick relocation, as I say, to the Brighton Library, which uh, I'll probably have umpteen people looking at me in a strange way because I play along with the podcast with you. Well, you know, if we're, if we're not raising eyebrows, then what are we doing with our lives, Dave? Thank you very much. You're doing well, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining me. I, you have gone above and beyond to be on the other side of the world and co-hosting and making podcast history. So I'm very happy to have you here. I must say, it's nice to be here, and it is actually quite nice. It's nice and dry inside. <laughs> Excellent. So, I also want to know, because I have no idea, I didn't get a roving report from you on the weekend. Where did you park run on Saturday? Okay, so I went to a place called Mole Valley, which is at the town of Dorking, um, which is, I think it's Sussex, actually. I'm not too sure. The place I was staying for the last few days was uh, in the Surrey Downs in a bit of woodland. And I was thinking it was going to take, well, everything... Uh, indicator it's going to take over two hours just to walk to the start of the course 
there are no buses that run there on Sunday. Um, I'm getting by on public transport. So, yeah, life would have been a bit interesting with a two-plus-hour walk just to get to the start line. But fortunately, there were two girls in the place that I was staying who offered me a lift. Uh, they were taking part for the first time in a 55-kilometre ultra, which actually used the Park Run start line as one of the, what do you call them, uh, rehydration or drink stops or whatever it is. Checkpoints. Checkpoint. Hey, that sounds pretty good too. That sounds very technical. <laughs> um, so that was really good. They actually took me there, so I got there in plenty of time. Uh, I didn't get to see them go through because, I, of, of course, they were probably a few hours after going through. Oh, just a couple. Yeah, a couple of it. Um, in fact, I didn't see them until I think it was about 8 o'clock in the evening. And one of them had blisters, beautiful blood blisters all, all over her feet. Uh, as I say, it was the first time for them. And they both had massive smiles on their faces. So maybe I can put that down to the endorphins or um, well, actually they, they were both doctors and they had their own painkillers. So I'm not too sure how many of <laughs> No comment on that. It's easier to smile about things when they're over, I think, oh, often. Yeah. Yeah, oh, they were smiling the whole way. Oh, well, there you go. That's the same. It was really, yeah, really good of them. But, um, yeah, getting there was quite good. Uh, oh, well, it was brilliant with that. And the look, with the mole um, valley, so I keep on thinking of Mole Hill and Mole Creek down in Tasmania. But uh, the Mole Valley run is, it actually starts at, I hope I get this right, Debbins, Debbins Winery. So it's a little bit like uh, one or two of the runs we have back home. And this one uh, is quite a, a large winery. And, of course, it's got a fair bit of uphill. Uh, the weather had been wet. It was quite slippery. The run director, Dave, was absolutely brilliant. And, yes, I should have recorded a, a thing with him, but he had to duck off uh, or short, I'll say shortly after was, uh, while we were having breakfast. Um, but he was really good in, in all his instructions, explaining the course, and they were actually a little bit concerned because uh, last week I think two people had fallen over they, they had over 200 people, um, but a couple of people had fallen over in a bit of a steep spot, and so most of us were a little bit cautious. And as far as I know, there were no casualties, but it was really good. There's a, a fair bit of uphill, then downhill, and a finish. It was a circuit uh, through the vines again. Loved it, especially once it was over. <laughs> now, what is a parkrun adventurer like you doing, staying in accommodation? That's approximately two hours walk from a parkrun on parkrun day. Uh, badly timed. Most places were booked out, unfortunately. In this one, uh, the weekend south in England, I think people are trying to latch on to the last part of, uh, we'll call it summer before winter hits properly. As I say, it's been quite wet, but the, yeah, the air actually feels really nice. It's good. I know in about two weeks' time, it'll suddenly start going rather cool. You know, that is, I guess, one of the risks you take when you don't have too much of a fixed agenda. I was anticipating that you were going to say that there was something exciting drawing you so far away that you had to stay at. But I do enjoy um, hiking, and the area that uh, I found was in the middle of woodland, so that was that was a big bonus. Well, that was the main attraction. I'd been in London a few days beforehand. London is nice, but I've been there once or five times before, so it's really nice to go to new places. And uh, the other one is my mother actually comes from this area. She was brought up oh, sorry, in um, that area near Guildford, so it gave me a chance to catch up with the places that yeah, she knew as a kid. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. 
I will admit I've been very jealous hearing about all your travels and seeing the photos and enjoying your stories. It is also at the same time, simultaneously, lovely to be able to experience all these adventures vicariously through you. So keep on keeping on, Dave. Uh, Life's enjoyable. But where did you end up on the weekend? I skipped off to Harris Avenue at Narangbar, which is five ep- uh, five episodes. <laughs> it's five events old now, and I needed a five for my Wilson Index, so that was uh, nicely timed. But actually, and I didn't even realise this until I was looking at my challenge progress afterwards, because it's my 83rd different event out of 166 events that I've run. It's taken my tourist quotient to 50%. How nice is that? It's, it's just a beautiful round number, which I'm a little bit chuffed about and proud of. And, uh, yeah, so Harris Avenue, Lyndall was there the week before, so she's already done a roving report. She's covered it off, talked about the course, spoke to the event director. Uh, so I won't rehash all those sorts of details. I will say the course was very beautiful, lovely, lovely course around some lakes and um, very pretty and I tail walked. Uh, we also bumped into uh, parkrun adventurer Lisa Akerson from Lota who came up and said hello which was really really nice. Anyone who ever listens to pod if you do happen to bump into me at parkrun please do come say hi because I am well, I consider myself to be friendly and I would always love to have a chat with you and find out where you're from and what your adventures have been. So thank you, Lisa, for coming up and introducing yourself. And Mel, I'm sure you've got a great big sign above you saying that you're parkrun adventurer, Mel. Well, <laughs> maybe I need some kind of neon sign or something that just flashes because it doesn't happen to me very often. Mm. Uh, I think probably Lisa was on the eye out for some woman with a baby in a pram or a carrier because she had listened to the episode and had heard I was going to be there. So oh, nicely done. She, she might have had her Melda <laughs> finely tuned. <laughs> anyway, it was a beautiful course and uh, I had a great morning uh, with the boys. That was pretty much my weekend. Oh, very good. Now to the region of runners to have a chat to quite the local parkrun legend, I'm going to say. He is known around the parts as either Doddy or the Dodd father. His, his actual name is Andrew Dodd. And we're very excited to welcome him to the Parkrun Adventures podcast. Doddy, welcome. I feel welcomed. Thank you, uh, Mel, and uh, looking forward to chatting to you and Dave, all things parkrun. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. Now, Dottie, I'm going to go to a little bit of recent history before we delve a little bit further into your parkrun story. I would like to know, a couple of weeks ago, you performed a very special ceremony for a couple of parkrunners at Newey Parkrun. You are a pastor and and you married some people. Yes, so it was a great morning. Will and Louise, who met through running in Newcastle in the region of runners. They didn't actually meet through Park Run, but Park Run is a big part of their running routine. And they decided they wanted to get married. And they thought, well, 
let's do it on a Saturday morning at 7 o'clock. Park run in Newcastle starts at 8 o'clock. So we went to Mount Carrington, which is actually on the course. It's about it's a man-made hill, about 20 metres overlooking the beautiful Newey Park Run course at Throsby Creek in Carrington. And they wanted to get married there and they wanted their wedding party to then walk around to the start of Park Run and their first – they didn't do a first dance. They did their first Park Run together as a married couple at Newey. And uh, it was a lot of fun as well as being a nice serious occasion for this next step in their relationship. And how did you come to be asked to be involved in that, Dottie? Well, I've known Will and Louise separately and as a couple and I had conducted another Wooters wedding. So that's a whole other part of the region of runners is the Wooters running club that I'm very much involved in. And so I think Will had seen me perform a wedding. They knew that I was a celebrant and so they thought, well, let's get the Dodfather involved. The question I was going to ask, does that mean with the wedding there was cake for everyone? Well, we had the wedding and then we walked back to the start of Newey Park Run. That was about five, exactly 500 metres away because we had our first marker pole, Westcott Way, named after Scott Westcott right where they got married. And as they walked back the peloton, and on that day I think we had 222 park runners, sort of gave them a spontaneous welcome and a high five and then on the start line we announced them we split the peloton and they ran through the um the peloton high-fiving everyone and then they were the official starters they ran park run together and then those who were i guess invited guests after park run walked back around to where they got married and there was uh, cake and more there was food galore for everyone so it was a big morning but it was also tested with uh, another rite of passage that morning where Maureen, one of our very regular park runners or park walkers and volunteers, had sadly died quite unexpectedly at 71 years of age a couple of weeks earlier. So we have another tradition at Newey where we have the raising of the barcode. So uh, I gave a brief tribute to uh, Maureen and then asked the peloton to raise their barcodes to Maureen. So we had, you know, a wedding and also a sad um, loss of one of our very important people of our parkrun community, uh, but we sort of managed those two rites of passages okay, and that's life, isn't it? Uh, things thrown together, the happy and the sad. The highs and lows that, uh, that happen. Yeah, and that's the community. How did you actually um, oh, get into running and parkrun? Uh, so getting into parkrun, so I'm a lifelong runner. I'm in my, I think this next week I officially become late 50s. Uh, so I've been running most of my life and in park run, Newey was the seventh park run to commence in Australia. I think you guys would know the stats better than me. I think we now have about 360. So Newey was the seventh. We started in the June long weekend of 2012 and a few things came together in Newcastle at that time. Robbo, who's one of the characters on the Newcastle scene who brought park run to Newcastle I'd recently met him and there's a few other things happening that were just bringing runners together and he told me there was this new event starting on on a Saturday said that I should come along I knew nothing of park run of Paul Sinton Hewitt of Bushy uh, and I said to him with my great experience of it running like what is this thing he says oh it's on every week it's 5k it's on the same course and I said Robbo it's not going to work 
<laughs> maybe every month. Uh, people are just not going to run the same course every week. And I think I've now run you know, 300 of them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I was there from day one. We have 77, what we call the originals, who were there on day one. And I was there right from the get-go and almost immediately became involved in, you know, volunteering and, and helped run the thing that I, that I said wouldn't work. So when was that, two, 2012? It was. And uh, I've now got your record up. You've actually done quite a few different courses, not just all, all those ones at Newey, but you've, you've really got around a bit. I'm a believer in, in parkrun tourism. And just this weekend I visited one of my daughters in Bathurst and I'm sort of long-term injured at the moment, so I walked the Bathurst Park Run, which was a, a beautiful course. So, yeah, I like to get out and about. So I'm very involved at Newey, part of the core volunteer team, but, yeah, certainly like to get out and, and tour. And as you all know, you know, you build your holidays and you're around Park Run. You don't sort of head off somewhere where there's not a Park Run. Absolutely. Now, Dottie, do you have any highlights from the the – rather extensive list of different parkrun events that you've been to? I don't think I've come across a parkrun of uh, this size. So in Newcastle, or what we, the region of runners, as you referred to earlier, which is the Hunter Valley, we have 15 parkruns now in the region of runners. And as your listeners would well know, if you've done all 15, you're a region air. We recently launched Scone Parkrun, which is called technically the Bill Rose Sports Complex Park Run, but in the tradition of ScoMo, we've renamed it the Byro Spoko Park Run. <laughs> Very catchy. So that launched about three or four weeks ago, uh, so that was nice to get up there. I love Maitland Park Run. I've only been there a couple of times. Uh, it's a, this sort of reminds me of school cross country, uh, you know, the, the trails, a bit of bush around, um, you know, soft surface, uh, natural setting. Uh, I've really enjoyed going to Curl Curl, which is my old stomping ground. I grew up in Manly and I went to Manly Boys High School, which I realise is a, <laughs> a high school with a bit of an odd name like Manly Boys <laughs> is a contradiction in terms. Uh, if I was a Manly Boy, I'm not too sure if I was a Manly Boy. That wasn't as bad as a school across – well, it was a school with another challenging name was Manly Girls High School. They built them tough down there back then. So Curl Park Run, or the Manly Boys and Manly Girls High School, they've got different names now, were um, separated by a creek and an absolutely filthy area that no one went to, but it's now very well redeveloped. And the Curl Curl course runs between those two schools in a very nicely uh, clean area now. And it was very sort of nostalgic for me to go down there and run that one time between the two schools where I really cut my teeth, I guess, as a cross-country runner. And, you know, high school running was where I really got involved in running, so it was really nice to go there for that reason down to Kelko. So you've been running for quite a long time. Indeed, yes. So I'm a product of the first running boom. I think what's generally considered we're now in the second running boom. So, yeah, I started running really probably as an 11-year-old. I think I went in a school... 800 meter race and that really got me going with with running and I've pretty much been running ever since and in 1982 Frank Shorter was an American who won the Munich Marathon and that generally is considered to be the the commencement of the the running boom because before then if you ran you were sort of odd and weird and eccentric and it became 
to the mainstream to be a runner. Uh, by the 70s and early 80s was the first running boom and then I think we're certainly in a running boom now where all around the world people are going to big city marathons, they're doing ultra events, they're doing trail events, park run is just a phenomena in and of itself around the world. So it's been a privilege for me to have sort of spanned one running boom and it's going incredibly well at the moment with park run front and centre of the second running boom. True. Yeah, very much so. What keeps you going? Barcodes. <laughs> yes. And is meant to be a correct answer to this question. Oh, I love running. I love I love moving. As I mentioned it, I'm I'm sort of, you know, long term injured, but I'm out there walking park run every week. So wherever I go I'll I'll walk park run. Hopefully I'll be able to break into a jog soon. But I just love running. To me it's natural, it's it's enjoyable. And then you throw that in with the running community, be that at Parkrun or another event and the whole volunteer side of things, the, the camaraderie, the lives that you share with other people. So a lot of my friends now are people that I've met somewhere along the line in the last seven years. So it's the whole Parkrun vibe, I guess, that keeps me going, even though I, I thought it wouldn't work. You can't do this every week. It's not going to work, but it seems to be doing all right. It's just the vibe of it. <laughs> you could almost throw that into a movie, couldn't you? You could. Dottie, um, you mentioned ultra running before. Now, I had a friend who ran Western States uh, this year, and you also had a friend who ran Western States, different friends. However, you, you headed over and actually crewed for your friend. Can you talk us through what kind of experience that was like? It was absolutely fantastic. So I remember as a teenager reading in a Runner's World magazine, this would have been an American edition, and back then, you know, there's no internet. You, all you're hearing about is in newspapers, I guess, of like maybe Sebastian Coe or Steve Ovet setting a world record. So we knew very little information. And then running magazines started to come out. And I remember reading of in the 1970s of the – Western States 100 of this epic event that went 100 miles and that was just completely beyond anything I could think of. I mean, I ran a marathon at 16. See, back in the first running boom, we were just, we were just pushed up into distances and it's almost like you just – so at 16, I think it's illegal now, but I ran a marathon. But to hear of a 100-mile event was just extraordinary. And a year or so ago, a friend of mine, Stan, running friend from Queensland, I knew that he had got a lucky – Entry into Western States 100, he got a in on one ticket. They have a draw system and it normally takes people several years to get in as they accumulate tickets. He got in on one ticket and I was sort of aware of that. And then he rang me up and said, do you want to come and crew for me? And it was just one of those moments that you just think, yeah, I'm in. Uh, so we went over with him to the Western States 100, which is the longest running continual 100 miler in the world. It's been going since about 1974. And it's just an incredible event, so well run, and yet a very laid-back atmosphere. It's very restricted entry. They only allow about 360 runners in, and elites get in, but generally it's you know good trail runners who get in through a ballot system. And talking about Vibe, it was just an extraordinary event of uh, a travelling roadshow of 360 runners, 1,500 volunteers, crew, paces from Squaw Valley, in California, the site of the 1960 Winter Olympics to Auburn, 
and they have a term, Auburn or bust. You either make it to Auburn within the 30-hour cutoff or you don't. And it was just a wonderful event. And you're part of it. You know, we're, we're up for 30 hours without sleep, crewing while other people are pacing and volunteering. And it was just an extraordinary uh, event and an absolute privilege to be part of. So it's an endurance event for the crew. It is. <laughs> well, let's let's come back to Australia now, Dottie. And something that's been going on this year is that Medibank, Parkrun Australia is one of our major sponsors, has been doing what they call Parkrun Heroes. They've been announcing a hero every month and people have been nominating their heroes. And I understand that you are the Medibank Parkrun hero for September. Yeah, that's uh, exciting, breaking news. So my daughter, Anna, nominated me. So she somehow heard that you could nominate a Parkrun hero and she thought, well, you know, my dad might qualify. So I think you might have 100 words to write. So she wrote a really nice piece about her dad the park runner and threw in the bit about the pending wedding which has now taken place and we've spoken about and she put it in and lo and behold whatever criteria Medibank used to determine the park run hero Anna's entry snared me Mr September. How did it make you feel when you found out that your daughter had nominated you and you got to read the nice things that she said about you for the Medibank park run hero? Oh, that was really nice. So I've modelled running to all three of my kids since the day that they were born and none of them have taken it up and that's fine. That's their their choice. But the day I did my 250th, my green park run, I, they came along, all three of my kids came along and uh, Anna, my daughter, was there. And so she often asked me about it. She lives in Sydney. I'm in Newcastle. So it was really nice for her to see that and, and put in the nomination and, and the, the words that she wrote were, were quite touching. It was it was really nice. So uh, for her to share in that with me was, was quite nice. So even though they're not runners as such, they, uh, they show an interest in what Dad's doing. Oh, that's excellent, actually. And what do they reward you with? Well, they send you to a park run a long way away from you. So I'm going to one in Perth. It might be called... Burrswood Peninsula, which goes around the new stadium in the city of Perth. So Medibank now are involved in launching a lot of new park runs. So I think they send you to one which they've helped launch, which is a long way away from you. So they send me to Perth. Nice. And you can't get much further away from the, completely the other side of the country. That's brilliant. That's right. And the same barcode gets you in, which is really nice. Always a treat. Burswood Peninsula is a great event. We've spoken to Clint, the uh, event director there, and uh, it's it's you, you're in for a treat. So when when do you get to go then, Dotty? Well, I, I get quite a bit of freedom of choice in that. I think it's between now and June next year. So I might try and line it up with a a test match in the stadium or something else that I can go and join in while I'm over in Perth. And would you try and make it so that you can uh, stay for a couple of weekends and do a, one or two different park runs as well? Wow, that's, uh, that's an idea. I hadn't thought of that. So they, they send you over, they provide airfares for a couple of people and I think accommodation for a night. But the obvious thing to do would be to extend that. But you've uh, planted a seed, Dave, the, the two Perth park run week. Oh, why stop at two? I haven't done a Western Australia 
Well, then I've done that. I think I only need Northern Territory, and I, can, I don't know. There's probably some park run club, is there? If you've done all states and territories, Mel, can you? Yeah. There is. It's called the Peel Club. The Peel after uh, Jeffrey Jeff. No, uh, after Brendan Peel. I don't know who Jeff Peel is. <laughs> is he big in the parkrun world? He is in, he's, uh, he's involved with Newey with his family, with his wife and, and son. They're keen orienteers. So the Peels have met. So Brendan has been up here for the – he came up for the uh, Beaches launch and uh, he met – the two Peels met. Ah, well, there you go. And- well, as you know, this year the Beaches is – 100% sand. Yes, it is. And it holds the record for my longest ever park run. <laughs> 5,001 metres. What do you mean time, oh, time length? Time length, yeah. And given the fact that I was almost eight months pregnant, it's to be understood. Uh, and you know what? I actually hold the record for the, the slowest finisher uh, on the course, if you don't count the tail walker who was just behind me. The record holder for the slowest non-tail runner at the beaches. That's a great um uh, Look, it's a claim to fame and I am very proud of it. Now, as a result of this discussion, which is being broadcast far and wide, it could well be that the organisers, people like your Michael Sharps and your Polmans down there are thinking, oh, no, this New Year's Day we're going to have people out there attempting a new slow record. <laughs> yep, they're all be trying to break Miller back his record. That's, it's entirely possible. Actually, can I ask an odd one? What, what sort of what's the long term injury that you've got at the moment? Yeah, it's a quite annoying. It's um, I call it a stiff ankle. So my left ankle, I guess, has got some long term oh. twisted up many years. I've got a bursitis and I've got a tendinopathy. So it's sort of a three things coming together, which is making running quite difficult. Okay, but I'm on a a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. So I'd love to, I mean, I enjoy parkrun every week, walking it, but I'm hanging out to get back and actually running. Uh, a frustrated runner. But one thing I do take, I guess, to heart, as your adventurer listeners would know, that parkrun commenced out of injury. So Paul Sinton Hewitt, 15 years ago, was injured and wanted to keep in touch with his uh, friends. So as we know, 13 of them uh kicked off what we now know as parkrun one day in Bushy Parkrun. So, you know, if someone comes up to me with an injury and having a bit of a whinge, I say, well, you know, don't whinge to me. What worldwide movement are you going to start? So I'm still working on what worldwide movement I'm going to start. <laughs> uh, Paul Sitton's already started parkrun, so that one's taken. So stay tuned for uh, what worldwide event I'm going to start. Love the attitude of taking the positive out of the, uh, yeah, Good things can grow out of not so wonderful. If Paul didn't get injured, you know, you wouldn't be having this podcast. So. That is exactly true. Uh, yeah, as, as Dave said, I love that attitude too, Dottie. You, so you mentioned it's uh, 15 years since Parkrun started in the world and we are just about to celebrate International Parkrun Day this coming weekend. I know a lot of event teams have organised different ways to celebrate it. Is anything in particular happening specially at Newey this weekend, Dottie? Well, it's it's a long weekend here and uh, apparently the September park run here I was going to get rolled out. I think there's a, a costume involved that the uh, hero of this month has to wear. And uh, in a sense, sadly, we also have another tribute to another volunteer, Russ, that uh, we lost to cancer this week. 
Uh, Russ has been, uh, you know, a long-term runner and then uh, had to start walking. He's been on crutches for years, walking park run and volunteering. He's volunteered 98 times, often as our photographer. So we're going to be having a, a raising of the barcode for Russ this week, which is, again, it's just a nice tribute that we do at Newey. So... There'll be a bit of celebration, there'll be a bit of sadness and somewhere along the line we'll throw in and let people know that it's uh, International Park Run Day. And where did the raising of the barcode come from? Because I have seen the pictures of it and it just really is a beautiful and very poignant kind of way to honour someone. We've done a few, not many. We had a lady, uh, Jen, who... uh, was a regular park runner with her husband Geordie and, and she was tragically killed in a car accident which happened to be at a roundabout which is pretty much at the halfway point. I think that might have been the first one. Her favourite colour was purple and she the last photo we have of her just a few days before she died was wearing purple. I'm feeling the emotion as I'm talking to you. And we've got a photo with her with her thumbs up at a particular place and the Saturday after she died, we we got together and we issued everyone with a purple barcode and we gave a tribute. And the running club, the Newcastle Flyers that her husband was involved in, uh, led the, the peloton out and we had a raising of the purple barcodes to, to Jen. And around that time, or maybe even before then, when Ron Clark, the patron of parkrun in australia died in 2015 that might have been the first time we did a raising of the barcode so we let the people know that you know the the great ron clark had died and he was a patron he was there to send off the runners on the very very first parkrun in australia and we had a, a raising of the barcode for ron and then i think it was jen and then we've had um you know, maybe one or, or two a year, and it just happened that we've had two or so in the last week. So it's just our way of doing a park run tribute. We realise people's lives are much bigger than park run, but we, the people that we know are at park run, and so that's a way, I guess, we know the special connection that, that um, you know, the deal we make about barcodes. And it was just, a, I guess, a nice way of bringing, bringing that together. No, that's nice. I'm, I'm glad to say that I haven't actually attended any, uh, I guess, memorial services uh, for park run, though we have had a few runners that we've lost over time. I guess it's uh, the way I can go. Yeah, and as part of and as uh, individual events have you know roll out year after year, that we do have the you know the, the weddings, the funeral, the births, the milestones in people's lives. So that's I guess what we'd expect of those traditions would develop in particular ways in particular places. And Newey does have quite a few people there, so you're going to have more of everything. Well, I guess the whole thing, you know, park run. you know, when I told Robbo it, it wouldn't work, it sort of it takes a life of its own. So you, you go around to the 360 park runs in Australia and there's a particular feel about park run in general, but each location has its own feel made up of the personalities, the course, and each one, I guess, develops its own way of connecting with each other. It could be the cafe you go back to afterwards, the the high fives you do, the, the tributes you do, and, uh, you know, we've all noticed that as we go around to different ones, they have their own little little ways, and that's what makes it so special. Yeah, so it's one of the best things, I reckon, about touristing. Different places, or you're getting to meet different people uh, from the local area, 
Um, but yes, every community is slightly different, or some are dramatically different, actually, but uh, I love it. So I'm uh, a little bit envious of you, Dave, over in the UK. I assume you've taken your barcode with you, but uh, I haven't quite done all the states yet, but I'm still uh, still waiting for my um, my debut international. I did my Don Park Run the other day. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Don Park Run. So I did my 334th Park Run, <laughs> and we know Don Bradman's high score was 334, so I wore a baggy mm-hmm. green and walk around the course in my, my baggy green for the Don. Sounds like a great unofficial milestone. It's going to take me about 20 years to get to that number, the rate I go, but <laughs> one day, one day. Oh, we can't take away from you your beach's slowest non-tail walker park run record. That's that's your special place. <laughs> well, somebody might take it. I think somebody could go, you know what, that's a record I could probably smash. I did it. Get a Mel. That's your Mel Park Run. If you <laughs> pushing your plan with high tide on the beaches, Park Run. Yes, that could be a new, a new yeah. event. And that could be the new question. You know, when you meet someone, rather than saying what's your PB, you just say what's your Mel. Your Mel is your slowest Park Run at whatever event you choose. <laughs> and I would be proud to own that terminology, Dottie, as well. Oh, all I can really say is it's really good to hear from you, Dottie, and I'm really impressed by, well, the runs that you've done, actually your whole running career. Yes, thank you for joining us, Dottie. It has been lovely having a chat. All right, thank you, and nice to uh, chat all things parkrun with you guys. Good morning, Parkrun Adventurers. It's Gresha here, and I'm here at the Stebbin Heath first anniversary this morning, and it is a beautiful day, um, and there's a bit of a crowd gathering, so I'm going to go and listen to the briefing um, and do my run and then find some people to chat to afterwards. Okay, happy Parkrun Day! I'm now here with Kobe. How are you going, Kobe? Good. And now you did a special job this morning, and I hear that it's your favourite job at Parkrun. What did you do this morning? I did photographer. And what was the other thing that you did as part of the briefing? I did the acknowledgement to country. And you do you do that every week that Dad's run director? Yes. Not photos. Not photos no. every week? Yes. But acknowledgement every week. And I thought you did a great job. And I was wondering if you would be happy to um, let me record you doing it again. Would you mind doing that? Yes. Okay, here you go. It gives us great pleasure to begin by acknowledging the Ghana people, the traditional owners of the land. We expect a spiritual and cultural connection to the land. We all enjoy, connect, walk and run on today. We also pay respect to all the elders and those who have passed. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed that this morning. Thank you so much for welcoming me to your park run. No problem. I'm now here with Cheryl. How are you going, Cheryl? I'm good, thank you. And Cheryl, you're the ED or event director here at Stephen Heath Park Run. And I think the last time I spoke to you on the podcast, it was your launch. And here we are at your first anniversary. Congratulations, a year on. Thank you. It's um, hard to believe that a year's gone already. It's just, yeah, it's been really good fun and just time sure flies, that's for sure. 
And so you've turned on another nice day. So I'm going to uh, just have to assume that it's always nice days at Stephen Heath. Because oh, every time I come here, it's beautiful. Of course it is. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're very lucky. I'm glad there's no rain or anything today, that's for sure. It's a beautiful sunny day. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Now, you've had a few changes since last, um, since lunch or when, since you launched. Tell me what happened um, with your course. Um, well, the, the council decided to run part of the road through to um, allow for some traffic flow for the school that's near us. So we just had to divert our course a bit. And now, so instead of an out and back, we have a figure eight double loop course, which seems to work a lot better because people are passing each other. Um, it's a bit more interactive and everyone can see each other and running around the lake's kind of pretty too. Well, I really enjoyed it. When Ian described it in the run briefing this morning, I kind of thought... Am I going to get lost? But when I was out there, it was at, it felt really natural. It's really well signposted. I didn't get lost at all. I thought it was really pretty. Um, and yeah, as you say, it's really social because you get to see people multiple times. You get to look across the lake and see the faster runners. And yeah, lovely course. Yeah, and especially with the wildlife out and about, the geese wander around occasionally. And uh, yeah, it's really good. And you can see the playground. So you can see the kids up on the swings and stuff afterwards, even if you're still walking. So yeah, it's quite a good spot. So I actually think that the changes work for the better rather than worse. Yeah, and it probably didn't feel like that at the time. No, no. <laughs> It's always stressful when you have to quickly change things, but yeah, you always think, yep, just breathe, it'll be fine. And yeah, yeah I think people just appreciate, appreciate the fact that we put so much effort into doing it really quickly. So that's nice too. Yep. Um, and you've got a great crowd here this morning. Um, we've got cake, we've got some people from the local council out, we've got... Um now we've got, have we got an MP here today as well? Um, yep, we've got our thing? local MP for Light, which is Tony Piccolo, and we have Clint Marsh, who's councillor for Ward 5, and um, Akram is involved with council um, as well, but I'm not quite sure what his role is, <laughs> but two out of three isn't bad. It is, yeah, and look, look the council here has been really supportive, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. Playford Council are absolutely fantastic. They always keep in touch with me. They're always promoting the event, and, yeah, it's great to have so much support. Well, look, congratulations on your first anniversary. You've got a wonderful event here and you're building such a great community. Um, thank you for everything you do for Parkrun. Uh, thank you. I look forward to uh, celebrating our second year. Yeah, number two, bring it on. Yay. <laughs> G'day, everyone. It's Cameron here. And this week I'm doing my Nendi, which is Shipwreck Parkrun in the suburb of Hilbert in WA. Uh, Shipwreck Parkrun is a double out and back course around a pirate playground which looks absolutely fantastic for kids and there's also a separate playground for dogs well it's a dog exercise area but close enough on site there is coffee it is amazing coffee so I can definitely recommend that uh, Shipwreck Parkrun has been running for a, a little over a year now this was event number 59 and today uh, Raoul was uh, running the event uh, Shipwreck has around uh, 45 participants every week and uh, it's really lovely community vibe that they've got going on and I hope I have a great run. See you in a tick. G'day everyone, I'm here with Raoul, the run director today and uh, tell us a bit about the fantastic Shipwreck Park Run course that I've just run today. Yeah, well, Shipwreck we started just over 12 months ago, run number 59 today. Uh, beautiful little course with a, a lovely big ship. There's a parkland here, and a lovely coffee shop afterwards. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that coffee. Hanging out for yeah, it. You'll certainly enjoy that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're a little double out and back course with a couple of loops thrown in. 
Yeah, I noticed yeah. there was no uh, marshals, but it's very well marked, so I didn't get lost, thankfully, but the last little bit towards the end, I was following a little fella, and I was hoping real that uh, he knew which way it was going, because I didn't, and uh, luckily we found everyone at the end. So, uh, how long have you been involved in parkrun? Uh, probably, probably my fourth year myself. Wow, okay. Yeah. And how'd you get started? Um, decided to do it as um, extra training for footy, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you've uh, kept up with the park run and still going with the footy? Uh, footy's probably taken a back seat. Not, not as much, but yeah, probably more into the running now. Yeah. Oh, excellent. So uh, volunteering around here as well, a lot of running? Yeah, one of the run directors here, so uh, normally probably volunteered uh, two out of four. Okay, so being a run director makes it a bit more difficult to get out and about and see how the park runs, I imagine, or you're still getting out about? Yeah, I still try and tourist every so often, maybe you know, once every six weeks or so if I can. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you very much for a lovely event today, and uh, one day, hopefully, I'm back here soon. No worries. Oh, Cheers. Thank Welcome you. back. That's it today from Shipwreck Park Run. Thanks for putting on a great event. Hope everyone had a great park run day, and see you next time. Bye. Howdy park runners, Tock reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew. Today Jack and I have ventured down to the seaside town of Lawn. Lawn's down on the Great Ocean Road, about 130 kilometres from Melbourne. You can probably hear the surf in the background. The run itself takes place right along the edge of the sea. From where we are, we're looking out, we can see the Lawn Pier, which is home to the Lawn Pier pub which is the largest ocean swim in the world. They have about 4,000 participants each year. It's an absolutely stunning day down here. We're sitting right beside the beach. The waves are gently rolling in. Um, blue skies above, very light breeze. For late September, it's an absolutely stunning day. We'll go off and have our park run and we'll check in later. Howdy park runners, we're finished the lawn park run. I'm with Chelsea. Chelsea. Where are you from and what did you think of the course today? Well, I'm from Shepparton so we come from a really flat course to one that's got quite a few hills and, and rises in it so I'm not used at all used to those at all um, but I really enjoyed the run, it was great. Are you one of the run directors up at Shep? Uh, yeah I am actually, I do um, run direct from time to time and a lot of the volunteer work behind the scenes especially in terms of um, you know coordinating volunteers and, and making sure that it's running well behind the scenes. And for the uh, people that haven't been to Lawn, give us a little bit of a description of the course. What do you think? Where does it run? Um, so it runs out along um, the shoreline, um, up out to the pier, along the pier, and then back the way you came, along the shore. So you've got some really nice views out looking out over the ocean. Um, and the nice sounds of the, the ocean hitting the, hitting the shoreline. Um, and then you go back and have to go through all those rises and, and run, um, uphill run. Um, for the second time. It has a few little surprising uh, little mounds of opportunity. <laughs> it certainly does. I actually felt there at one point like I was running the whole thing uphill and I didn't come downhill at all. But the um, finish line, the run to the finish is beautiful knowing that you don't have, all the way downhill knowing you don't have to go back up it again. And I don't know about you but I spent half the run looking out to sea trying to see the dolphins that are quite often out here. Yeah. Um, and if you look across into the distance you've got the Aries Inlet Lighthouse. It's very uh, scenic this course. Yeah it's fabulous for the scenery. It's, it's um, just beautiful looking out over the sea and being able to see um, all the smiling faces coming the other way as well. Yeah. Well I reckon it's time for coffee. What do you reckon? Oh totally. I totally, totally agree with that. <laughs> all right cheers. <laughs> cheers. Howdy park runners. We're just packing up at the uh, very scenic lawn park run. 
I'm here with Carly. Carly, you were run director today. Pretty good numbers for the day. Yeah, it was. We had a great turnout being uh, a long weekend and being, you know, a few extra tourists around. It was fantastic to see some extra smiling faces here at Parkrun this morning. I think from a couple of the accents, you might have actually had a couple of international tourists in amongst it. Yeah, quite often we do here, um, being such that tourist and transient destination that, uh, yeah, we've quite often got people from all across the world and all across the country. And so, yeah, stunning little bit out on the jetty. There's not too many park runs that would be able to say they run out on a pier. Yes, and that was one of the reasons why we were kind of really pushing to go out that way. We wanted to be something a bit different and uh, running out on the pier and um, it's always changing. It's sometimes sunny, sometimes cloudy and, um, yeah, it's just really, really special. Yeah, sometimes that uh, sunshine would be coming in horizontally on a sou'wester and... Uh, <laughs> Yes, look, there's been a few times where we've had to hold on on the run, run out to the end, but um, it's all pretty good. So we're, we've been quite blessed and with the weather so far. Yep, no, and um, I met a couple of people out on the course today that um, are locals that hadn't actually heard of Park Run, so I think you might have a couple of extras next week. Yes. We uh, stopped and did the uh, big full website thing and the conversion. Yeah, and that's what's happening. So we're six months old and we're just growing and growing and our local numbers are growing every time. So. Now that the weather's finding up and the days are getting longer, um, people are getting out and about and seeing what all the flags are about. So we hope to continually grow from here. Beautiful. It's a stunning park run and thanks for having us. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for coming. Cheers. G'day Parkrun Adventurers, it's Lyndall and I am checking in this morning for the Channel 5 News crew from Rocks Riverside Parkrun. Now Rocks Riverside Parkrun is in the Brisbane City Council area, it's the western suburbs, maybe 10, 12 say kilometres from the CBD um, and it's an out and back course here um, in the western suburbs of Brisbane along the Brisbane River. Now I've caught up with Paul, today's RUM director. How are you going, Paul? How did today go? It went really well, thank you. Um, we've had, looks like about 400 people come through. The, lots of people enjoying their run, their, their jog or their walk. Um, it's great to see so many walkers out and about because that's what parkrun's all about. Yeah, and now that's big numbers for many parkruns. Is that a pretty normal number that you get here at Rocks Riverside? Yeah, that's pretty normal. Um, once we get into summer, we'll probably get up to in the reach close to 600 which is which is pretty good um it's great that so many people come out and enjoy this in the local community and um it's a real pleasure to bring it to the local community yeah and it's a nice spot here as i said in my intro it's a run along the river yep. it's a beautiful course it's not flat now my um park run pb is here at rocks riverside so it has a special place in my heart but having gone out there today i have no idea how i did that because it's not flat. Oh, look, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a sneaky course in the sense that there's no massive hills, but it's always either going a little bit down or a little bit up. Yep. Uh, yep, um, and yep. that, that uh, on a warm day like this, that can make that last K a, a bit harder than usual. <laughs> but everybody's still coming back smiling and, and enjoying their, enjoying their day, morning out. So it's great to see. And there's nice scenery to take you off, take your mind off the little undulations, isn't there? Absolutely, it's it's a great park. There's a playground for the kids. The view along the river is great. Um, when they turn it on, there's actually water spouts here for the kids to enjoy after yeah. the run. Um, and you see plenty of kids doing that in summer. Um, just so, just the kids or the adults? Adults get in on that too? Oh, look, I'm a big kid at heart. <laughs> when it when it rained last week, I was one of the ones that was running straight through the puddles. So <laughs> that's that's just the way of it. Yeah. You've got to enjoy it. There's no fun. There's no fun coming out at 7am on a Saturday morning if you don't have a bit of fun. 
Absolutely. Now, they're big numbers that you're getting here and you talked about the community. How's the community here at Rocks Riverside? And how long have you been going here now? Uh, so Rocks Riverside's been going a uh, little under six years. We had our 300th park run uh, as I lose track of time. I think it was four weeks ago now, so we're, we're up to 304. Awesome. Uh, it's built from the initial numbers, I think we're about 150, 200, and it's built all the way up to four, four five, 600 people. Um, the local community embraces it. The volunteers are always great. Um, and you see that by the amount of people that are around in their purple T-shirts, and, and we really value that volunteering spirit because it's what makes Parkrun tick. Excellent. And there is still quite a few people hanging around now and we're a little way past, you know... We're we're nearly at the hour mark. Nearly at the hour mark. There's still a lot of people hanging around having a chat and um, enjoying the sunshine. Absolutely. And then there's probably already a whole bunch up at the local cafe. Um, Most people go up to the Cafe 63 that's just up on the main road and have a bit of breakfast afterwards and it's it's a, a great way to spend a morning. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking talking to me today, Paul. And well done to you and all of the um, run director team and the event directors here on a fantastic park run here in Brisbane. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Have a, have a lovely weekend. Alrighty, so look, in a field of a few hundred, of course, there was a couple of official park run milestones set this morning. Um, but another celebration that um, happened at Park Run here at Rocks Riverside this morning was Katrina doing her, finishing off her run down under. Tell us about that, Katrina. How many kilometres? 14,080 kilometres. Are you going to go home and have a bit of a sleep now? I am going to <laughs> sleep and I am sleeping in tomorrow morning. I can't remember the last time I slept in on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Well, it would have been a few years ago. This has been a bit of a labour of love over a, a bit of time now, yeah? Yes, so I started back in 2014 when Travis first started it. A few lean years in the beginning when nobody else was uh, on board, but it's a huge thing now. And, uh, yeah, glad I stuck it out and become part of the community to finish today. Yeah, now finish at number 56. It's not a small number. Um, it's not a... It's, it's not a small number, but it is in the scheme of run down under, I would think. There, that doesn't seem like a lot of people to have finished. Um, no, obviously because it hasn't been going many years and 14,080 kilometres is a long way. <laughs> um, but Travis did say that he's got 50 people on the books to finish next year. So I think now it's been going a while. There's people who are um, ready to, to finish their journey. Yeah. And now what is the best thing about doing run down under? I would have to say the community and I love the fact that Travis is so hands-on. You can email him about anything, you can contact him, you see him at events, Uh, he has a a Christmas party every year and he's there for people, he's not just um, someone behind a a computer screen, so I love that, the community. Would you have run 14,100 and whatever it is kilometres without being in Run Down Under, do you reckon? I think I definitely would, but it's been very motivating. So yesterday I needed to finish six kilometres to finish out here today. And I just had two friends um, stick their hand up and say, we'll come and finish those kilometres off with you this morning. So that just makes it really easy when you've got people who are willing to to do that for you. 
That's fantastic. And look, it's probably something that people can get behind. I mean, there's, what, 20 or 30 people that have come in there run down under singlets just to support you this morning. So it probably is, a, you know, people see the magnitude of what you've achieved and that is infectious as well and helps motivate others as well, I guess. Yeah, it's lovely because I think there's people here who I... Uh, know of but have never met and they've come out this morning just to show support so it's lovely that people will come out and be a part of that and join in and and yeah you get to meet lots of people and make new friends fantastic so a sleep in tomorrow and then what will you run around next I'm pretty sure I'm going <laughs> to jump into the European rundown, uh, run down run the world run the world so it'll yep. be around Europe the next around one Europe that sounds hilly I don't know. I haven't, I haven't thought about it and I haven't looked at it yet. Well, it sounds like a fantastic next accomplishment. Congratulations, honestly, on such a big achievement today. What, how fantastic. So congratulations and all the best with the next one. Thanks, Lindell. It's been great. Well, that's a wrap from me from Rocks Riverside Park Run. Uh, sadly, no PB. No, no real surprise. Um, no PB for me, but other celebrations to be had on a fantastic little course in Brisbane, Rocks Riverside. This is Lyndall signing out for the Channel 5 News crew on the Parkrun Adventurers. Good morning, Parkrun Adventurers. It's Melissa here, and I'm coming to you from Belly Griffin Parkrun in the nation's capital, Canberra. My first time to do Belly Griffin, and I've been to Canberra a couple of times in the past um, to get my G and to get my Q at Ginandira and Queanbeyan. But yeah, I had to come back to do this one because I knew its location. I'd seen photos of it. It's absolutely beautiful. It's an out-and-back course on the edge of the man-made Lake Burley Griffin, which our nation's parliament house uh, sits on the shore of Lake Burley Griffin. We don't actually run past parliament house, but... Anyway, the sun was out for me this morning. Um, There was a big crowd here, lots of tourists, um, a bit of excitement being sort of football season here in Australia. So there's a few footy jumpers and um, I spotted a bride and her bridal party here. So I might try and grab a, a chat with them later. Anyway, I'll see who I can talk to. I'm here with the run director today, Kim. How are you, Kim? I'm good, thanks. How long have you been run directing here at Belly Griffin? Uh, About eight months. So I've only come into run directing this year, really. Okay, and so how, have you been involved with Parkrun for a while? Yeah, so I've been running here for nearly three years and then started volunteering and then became a run director about the beginning of this year. Wonderful. And how long has Burley Griffin been going for? Well, so it's run 174 this week, so we've been going a bit over three and a half years, I okay. suppose. Oh, yep. Yeah. And do you know the story behind uh, it getting started up? Only vaguely. So my understanding is uh, it was decided that we need another park run in Canberra and uh, uh, Sally and Darren Coyle, who were running at Tuggeranong, decided that uh, Burley Griffin would be a great location for one and so they worked really hard and uh, set the park run up here. This is a beautiful spot. Um, it it's is a, a large pretty- park. It, it's one of the prettiest park runs in Canberra. <laughs> or you might get a bit of... Um... But I'm biased. <laughs> yeah. um, I can't judge because I haven't been to them all. But it is definitely very pretty. So you've got car parking facilities here. Um, you've got uh, a toilet block. And we've got a cafe just adjacent to it as well. So people can come along. It's, it's easy to park. 
Um, as you said, toilet facilities, it's a good course. Um, it's a bitumen course all the way, so sealed all the way, out and back, and coffee facilities here, and a great view over Lake Burley Griffin, where we get the rowers. And most mornings, and earlier this morning, there were lots of balloons up around the place as well. I did see one. Yeah. I was quite excited. Um, I, I, just on your course, that little section just before the turnaround where it's all downhill I was starting to dread that I thought expected it to be quite a flat course but you do have a bit of a yeah no it's uh it's deceptively undulating we like to say <laughs> so uh, uh there's lots of downhills but unfortunately that means that there's uphills as well you've got over 300 here today yeah so it's a good turnout spring certainly has sprung um it gets down a bit uh, during winter because it gets quite chilly but 300 and something this morning, probably around 320, um, which is up from last week. Last week was about 280, so 40 other people sort of coming along. Lots of newcomers today, which is really encouraging. The public holiday in Melbourne might have helped, do you think, Friday? Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting next weekend because it's a public holiday here. Ah, so okay. next weekend will be interesting to see how many people are. Uh, turn up and how's your cafe culture do you get a big group going every week it's a bit mixed i wouldn't say that it it floods the cafe but uh, there's lots of people that enjoy their cup of coffee after the run and it's as much about the cup of coffee and the chat after the run for some people as it is about the event itself i think i heard you refer to yourself earlier when you're talking to the volunteers as a, a bronze anzac does that mean you're a military man i have been that's good. It's good to good to hear. Seeing as a very military area too in Canberra, isn't it? Uh, there's lots of military here. There's a few military people that are um, involved in the run, and their families, of course, and and that gives us a bit of a a mobile population. There's people posting and post out as well. So it's uh, the park run family is great for those people as they move around the countryside to be able to come and join another group and, and become part of the community it as well. It definitely is. I've got a military background too and I, I especially went and did Wagga Wagga Park Run. Um, oh, sorry, it's just Wagga Park Run. Uh, just because um, from recruit training I wanted to go back to the area. I'm the soldier. Exactly right. So there you go. Bit of bit information you didn't know about me. <laughs> anyway, thank you for a beautiful morning here. Um, there's lots of families I noticed. You've got lots of prams and, and dogs and um, yeah, really nice Well, we like to it. think that it's a very family friendly uh, park run and it, it's generational so it was lovely today we had our bride today who was uh, here and uh, you know she was running here today and her future mother-in-law is here as well so yes, I grabbed a chat with her and a selfie and a selfie <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah so great well thanks for chatting to me Kim my pleasure had a beautiful morning and um, I shall be over at the cafe sh- shortly okay then cheers Okay, now I'm here with some uh, special people that I chased down. I didn't actually catch them because they're a bit speedy for me. But um, dressed, I've got here dressed as a bride and her bridesmaids. Can you please tell me your name? Uh, I'm Steph from Wollongong and with me I have Holly and Rosie as well. Good morning. How was your run today? Oh, it was beautiful. We had a, a sensational day here in uh, Burley Griffin. The sun was out and it was uh, shining on us for uh, a fun run. I noticed you've got a, a bouquet and you've got a lovely little star there as well. Um, so have you done Burley Griffin before? Uh, I've actually done it once before. Um, my partner's from Canberra, so we, uh, we've come here before and done a few of the runs. But uh, yeah, this is uh, not our traditional home run. Is that why you've chosen this one? Um, is there a reason that you've chosen this one today for your special... 
It was just a, a bit serendipitous, I guess, that yeah. uh, we were all here at the same time. None of us were actually here for the same reasons in Canberra. But, <laughs> it was a bit of a happy um, accident. Yeah, yeah, we all came together and... Um, yeah, we just, I didn't know this was happening. I got ambushed as I stepped out of the car this morning. So, uh, good work, bridesmaids. Yeah. Love your work. Because, you, yep, you've got the lovely pink tutus and you've got a white one just painting the picture for the people that can't see you. Um, go, Margaret! Oh. Go, Margaret! <laughs> <laughs> it's Stefan's groom. That's the, oh, the mother of mother in law to be. Groom. Or the bow tie. <laughs> okay, so when's the big day? Uh, the end of November, actually, so it's a little ways away, but this is the last one that we can do before I get married. So, uh, yeah, we were making sure that we could all do it together. That's fabulous. Um, well, thanks for having a chat with me today, and good luck. Thank you very much. Hey, guys, it's Mel. I'm back. Funny story, we've lost Dave. So <laughs> I'm recording this on Friday, midday, sort of early afternoon. You've been here through the rest of the pod. You you would know that I started recording with Dave. That, that was on Tuesday night for me, morning for him. He was at the public library. All was well when we recorded the intro and you'll notice he was still around during the interview with Dottie. However, during that interview, he actually dropped out several times. It was kind of repeated. There was some issues with the Wi-Fi and it just wasn't playing nice. When we wrapped up the interview, I had a break so I could feed Emmett because he was demanding my attention. And we thought when we got back, hopefully, you know, the Wi-Fi would have sorted itself out. Unfortunately, when we got back, it was dropping out about every 20 to 30 seconds. So, Tuesday, that was done. We said, all right, let's try for the next day. Wednesday comes. It started off really well. Dave found himself in the reception area of the hotel that he was staying in. He, he thought it was quiet enough there and the Wi-Fi was better than the public library. So, that was all good. Uh, unfortunately, partway through the recording it got a bit noisy with people coming in and out wanting to talk to him so he moved upstairs we recorded him going all the way upstairs uh two flights to the to the toilets uh he 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 moved into the facilities basically there were fabulous acoustics um and the the connection seemed to be good enough however just as we were wrapping up it dropped out again and so we only had a little bit more to do and we thought all right it's okay we'll just log back in record this last tiny little piece um and unfortunately, what we didn't realise at the time was that the previous file for all the stuff that we had recorded uh, didn't work. It didn't upload. Technology has escaped us. And I didn't notice it until I went to edit on Thursday night. Gone. So Dave is now out sitting on a cliff overlooking some fabulous vista somewhere in the UK, sans Wi-Fi. So unfortunately, there's not going to be a three times a charm for the outro and we won't have Dave back for the final of the episode. Well, not not back in the traditional sense. There, there is a little piece I'll play for you at the end. However, I'm, I do want to cover very quickly what we talked about just in a nutshell. So bear with me. I know it's less interesting when you're just being talked at by one person, but 
we've got to make do, I'm afraid. Otherwise, there's not going to be a Parkrun Adventurers pod for this week. Um, what we talked about. Okay, so of course we said that the uh, roving reports this week were fabulous once again. Um, I'm just going to give you really the brief version because nobody wants <laughs> – if you say something three times, it kind of loses a little bit of its shine. So everything's got shorter by now. Anyway, um, what what was I saying? Oh, yes. Roving Report's excellent. Special kudos to Kobe from Stebbin Heath that Greta recorded for his awesome delivery of the Acknowledgement of Country. That was incredibly cute. Um, and also to Cameron Drake, our first-time roving reporter from the West who was at Shipwreck. It was lovely to have another new voice on the pod. Great job first time out, Cameron. We really look forward to hearing from you again. Uh, then good luck to the event team at Warrington Lakes Reserve in New South Wales who are launching this coming weekend. And finally, a shout out to everyone who took part in or completed Streaky September this year. Lots of fun was had by streakers out to complete the Streaky Bingo Challenge. I had lots of fun seeing all the pictures, the gnome selfies, the Strava art, the ties or tutus, all of it was just brilliant. And Thank you to everyone who who came along for the ride just to get moving and to keep moving throughout the month. You all did a brilliant job. Uh, I personally did 77 kilometres, which blows the rest of my year out of the water in terms of moving. So I'm really grateful to have had the challenge and the motivation of every person who gave it a go and shared how they were getting on during the month. So thanks, guys. The The group has changed its name again to Street to New Year's Day. So I know there are some, I don't want to call them hangers-on, but people that are kicking on and going to continue the fun. So good luck to you. I broke my streak on the first day of October. <laughs> so I'm not one of those people. However, I have made a personal goal to myself to keep moving a lot more than I was before the month began. Next week, we'll be back with episode 178 and with a co-host, also on Aussie Shores. So our regular programming shall ensue. However, uh, I will leave you now with the last bit of audio that Dave and I captured before we finished up on Wednesday. The irony is not lost on me, and I'm sure you'll appreciate it also. Until next week, happy parkrun adventures. So whenever you're ready, just flush away. Okay.
I'm sure God knows what other people are thinking of this, by the way. <laughs> Talking to himself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, even do it to lit up. Lou of the View, isn't it? Or View of a Lou. Okay, three, two, one. 